0: Okay, so we are in the final week of this series, which is called Supernatural, just randomly and coincidentally called Supernatural. And throughout this series, we have been talking about the supernatural power of God, uh, some of the biggest miracles in the Bible, some of the most amazing things uh, that, that just show God's power, show how he provides, show how he... Uh, answers our prayers. We saw the parting of the Red Sea and how they had to just wait and see. They were scared. They didn't know what was coming. Like when we have a lot of troubles around us, like when we have a lot of homework, a lot of stresses, like when uh, other teams cheat or something, like a lot of things that are bad happening. We just wait and God will give an answer. God will punish the people who have done wrong. Things like that. Um, and so I'm just joking mostly. But anyway, And so we also talked about courage and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed great courage by standing up for God, but not just standing up for him in a rude way, in a way where they say, hey, you suck, king, and I don't like you. They said, hey, you know, your majesty, we don't agree with you, and we know that this might cost us our life, but it is worth it because we love the Lord. They showed respect. They showed courage. They showed faith, and then they were rewarded. All of these things uh, show God's power. This week, we're going to show one that's a little bit different than uh the other two miracles in that it's not as great in scale where like if you saw the parting of the red sea like you were driving by in a golf cart and you see like the sea part you're gonna see it from pretty a pretty far way away uh and it looks amazing it looks magical it looks powerful um with the the shadrach meshach and abendigo in the furnace like if you looked in Hopefully you didn't die from the heat, but you would see them. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw them along with Jesus walking in the fire. And you can see uh, just the evidence of that and the power, the amazingness, how he triumphed over water and over fire. And so this week we're going to go to John chapter 6 verses 1 through 15. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. So basically... uh, you may know where we're going, but just let me go ahead and go through the story. And so imagine this. So you're there. There are a lot of people coming, say 5,000, 10,000, a lot of people coming. And and they're there to see Jesus because word had started to go around of the amazing things that he'd done, how he would turned water into wine, how he'd walked on the water, how he'd done. Uh, miracles of healing the blind, healing the sick, healing the lame, all of these different things to show his power, to point to God's glory. That was getting around and people were saying, we've got to go hear this guy. We've got to go see what this is about. Why the Pharisees are scared of him. Why everybody's trying to stop him. What is this about? Who is this Jesus? This Jesus who says that, that God loves us. This Jesus that says that we should love everybody. Who is this? And so they were coming. And so Jesus knew they were coming. And he's sitting there with the disciples and he turns to Philip, one of the disciples, and says, hey, what should we do? Now, For us, like if we have a giant crowd at church, and it's just a youth group night, and let's say after dinner, and so a lot of people start coming in, and there's like 5,000 people, and it's way over the fire code, but that's okay, because we won't have fire, and so it's like there's a lot of people coming in, and they're crowding around. To, uh, to hear Rob sing his solo next week, and they're like, man, this is going to be amazing. We've heard all about this and how he's traveled around the country and, and been kicked out of so many establishments trying to sing, and, and they're coming to hear him, and so there's just thousands and thousands of people. Uh, Tim's not going to look at somebody and say, hey, Luke, uh, what should we do for food? They're going to be like, hey, people are on their own like for, even for Needham Farm which we just talked about I'm like bring your food your your money for your food I'll provide s'mores but it's not something that we re- really worry about at this point uh there are no cars there are no cell phones there's no delivery there's no Uber Eats there's no DoorDash there's nothing like that uh there's there's nothing and so when people are walking a long way in a desert area they're walking days and sometimes weeks to get to this point. They're trying to hear Jesus and it's hot and there's no food around. There's not a restaurant. There's no concession stand. There's nothing like that. Uh, They have to have food or they won't live. And so there's kids, there's women, there's men, there's all of these people. And so Jesus cares about our physical selves just as much as he cares about our spiritual as our mental. He cares about every part of us. And so he wants us to have everything that we need. He wants to provide everything that we need. And so he looks to Philip. And so imagine this. Imagine that you're in this crowd and Jesus is there and he's about to speak and and you're you're pretty in awe of him anyway and he looks to you and he's like hey what should we do now some of you most of us would be like wait what are you talking to me like I, I don't know like when I ask you to pray it's like look straight down you don't say anything uh unless candy's involved and then so he looks and he says Philip what should I do and so you can just imagine all of the things going through Philip's head, all of the things that, that are probably going through his mind. And he's probably thinking, man, I love Jesus so much. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I really want to impress him. And I really want to help. I want to give the right answer. I want to give a good answer. I, I want him to, to look at me like like I, I know what I'm doing. I want him to trust me. And so all of these things are going through our head. We probably all feel like this at one point or another. Uh, maybe not with a teacher asking you questions. Maybe with a parent, with a pastor, uh, with a friend, somebody who really wants to know Uh, How to do something they ask you for advice they ask you something and you're like you have this extra pressure on yourself Like I really uh, want to help them. I really want to make a difference I really want to matter and so Philip Philip felt all of that The reason Jesus asked him was not because he had no idea what to do because Jesus always knows what to do Jesus knew even before this started what was going to happen and how he was going to do it but He loves us so much that he's not just going to say, hey, this is how you live your life. This is what you should do. Now, a lot of us would like that sometimes. It'd be really cool. It's like, man, I don't know what college to go to. I don't know what job to take. I don't know what career to do. Uh, I don't know who to date. I don't know who to go to the dance with. I don't know what what I'm going to do with my life. And we would like sometimes for there to be just like in the back of the book answers that says, hey, you know, this is what time uh, and what year you're going to get married. This is what college you're going to go to. This is what your life will look like. This is how many kids you're going to have. All of that. That'd be awesome." Uh, but, but Jesus loves us too much for that. He's like, you have free will and I want you to choose because in choosing, you will find love. One of the reasons that we have free will, one of the reasons that Christianity is about choice is because if you are forced to love someone forced to follow something, then you're not really, your heart's not going to be in it. Like if your parents are like, Hey we are going to Dollywood this week and you're like, I really wanted to go to Disney World so bad uh, because it's the 150th anniversary and and Goofy is going to do this magic light show and he's gonna lightsaber Donald Duck on top of a steel cage and then while Mickey is fighting uh, Pluto and it's just gonna be this crazy thing and I really wanna see it. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to Dollywood because it's closed and we just wanna sit outside and look at how amazing the close sign is. You're gonna be like, what? This is stupid, I don't wanna do this. And they're gonna be like, tough, then pay for your own food or pay rent, whatever. And they're going to take you because they're going to force you and you're not going to care about it at all. It could be, there could be like a rainbow and a shooting star and uh, uh, something else amazing happened. Dinosaurs could come out of the woodwork and it just could be this, the most amazing king of the world. And you're not going to care because you were forced to be there. Uh, and so Jesus is like, Hey, I'm not going to force you to do this. He could, he has the power, but he wants you to choose. And so when you choose something, then you really love it. When you choose what you want to do in your life, when you get to the point where you start to choose electives and you start to choose a major, if you go to college, you're going to care more about those classes than you will about just basic general classes because you got to choose. Uh, When you choose what job you do, when you choose who you talk to, when you choose what car to get, when you have choices, you care more about it. And so it's even more so when you choose who you're going to give your life to. And if you choose Jesus, then you choose because you love him and you realize that he loves you. And it's not something that's forced. It's not something that people made you do. It's something that you get to choose. So Jesus offers that choice even to his disciples. And he says, Philip, uh, I care what you think which is amazing because no other uh, small G God, no other religion can tell you that a God cares what you think, but Jesus does. And he's like, I care what you think. I care what what you care about. Tell me, what do you think here? He's teaching him. He's helping him. He's listening to him. And so we get to the next part. Philip replied, "Uh, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? So both of those answers are good in their way. Now, uh, Philip more pointed out kind of the problem, which isn't always helpful, but he's basically saying, Lord, I don't know what you want from me. It is respectful and valuable to be able to say, I don't know sometimes, to be able to admit, I don't know everything. Now, a lot of people in Philip's place would have said, well, this is what you should do. And and like come up with this crazy thing that wouldn't have worked and wouldn't have made any sense. And and just it would have been all over the place. But Philip said, I don't know. Like, I I don't know, Lord. This is the problem. What do you think? And then Andrew uh, stepped up and he said. Uh, there's a young boy here and he has five loaves of bread and two fish. Now a lot of people if they were just there instead of Jesus and it was like uh, Judas or a Pharisee or re- really literally anybody else would have been like shut up sit down what are you talking about a boy with five loaves of bread that's not gonna help anything that's worse than preparation like that's nothing. However he said it because Jesus trusted him and because he trusted Jesus because he knew that no matter how dumb his opinion would sound to other people Jesus wouldn't say you're stupid shut up Jesus would say okay now what? What can we learn from this? Because everything that you say, all of your opinions, even if everybody in the world tells you they're stupid and they're messed up and they don't care, they matter to the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that all your opinions are right and it doesn't mean that you're always right. It doesn't mean you know everything, but it means that what you say, what's on your heart, what's on your mind is valuable. If something hurts you, if something affects you, if something affects your life in any way, then it matters. It doesn't matter if Tim, Rob, Carol, uh, any of us, Victoria, any of us, chastity, I'm not going to keep naming youth workers, if any of us uh, don't understand it, if we're past it, if we're like, whatever, that's not a big deal, that doesn't matter. Because if it affects you, if it bothers you, if it matters to you, then it matters. And more than that, it matters to Jesus. So don't think, you know what, I really care about this one part and I don't know what I want to do in my career but I know that I would like to read 40 books this year or I know that I would like to help one person uh learn how to 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 read or I'd like to help one person do chores or I would like to 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 just do something nice for one person uh there are people say that's not a life plan like you've got to get your act together and have a life plan Jesus would say okay that's valuable. Now, what can you do from that? How can you learn? How can you grow? How can you help other people? And so that's what Andrew is doing because it's a safe atmosphere because he knows even though most of us would be like, what are you talking about? That's not helpful. Jesus is like, okay, you're thinking, you're looking, you're looking at answers. You're looking at problems. You're trying to think things through. And that's what it means to be a Christian. So often uh, Christians turn things into just it's yes or no, or it's my way or your way, or it's a uh, Democrat or Republican, or it's this or that. It's, it's just, completely like, if you say one thing, then that's who you are forever, and you can never have any nuance between it. You can never have any discussion. You can never have any compromise. Anything like that. Now, there are absolutely things with our beliefs we should not compromise, but opinion is not one of those things, and so there are a lot of Christians who are like, you have to wear this every single Sunday, and if you don't, you're not a Christian, or this is the way the music should always be, or this is what it should look like. This is what you should look like, and that's hard, and that's what the church has battled for a long time, but Jesus says, listen, your heart has to be mine. And I care what you think and I care what you say. Now, I will tell you when you're wrong. I will tell you when you're going down the right wrong path. But you have to listen to me and I will listen to you. And so that's what Philip and Andrew, that's the atmosphere that you have. That's the atmosphere that we hope to have in this youth group, in this church. An atmosphere of a safe place where you can talk freely, where you can listen, where you can seek help, where you can help other people. Uh, and then we go to the next part. Jesus, uh, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000, which means roughly there were about 10,000 people there because in those days they didn't count women. Um, then Jesus well, it, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten them from the five barley loaves. Uh, there are a lot of people who look at that and say, wow, that's amazing, that's the most amazing miracle. But there are a lot of people who are like, Yeah, there was a lot of food. Like That's basically Golden Corral's, uh, what they talk about, like big deal. That is one of the most amazing miracles because Jesus did not make a big show of it. He didn't say to the people in the back, the people in the the cheap seats, he didn't say to everybody, to all the little kids, he said, watch, look at what I'm about to do, look at how much power I have, I'm going to have unlimited food come out of this basket, I'm going to do the most amazing things that will blow your mind. He simply gave it. A lot of people need to advertise what they're about to do to help people. And, and you know that's kind of the reason they do it. Uh, you'll see a lot of politicians, rich people who advertise how much they give to charity because they not all of them really care about the charity. They care about the fact that people think they care about the charity. And that's how life works sometimes. You probably know people in your schools, uh, people that you've been friends with or people that you've known around town, whatever, where every time they do something good, they go and tell 50 people what they did so that they can get the glory. Uh, Jesus said, you know, if you have your treasures on earth, you're not going to have him in heaven and in this case he shows that he practices what he preaches he does something that most people would just kill to see it's one of the most amazing things ever uh it's a little boy's food and it just kept coming and it kept coming this is a little basket a little tiny basket and it just kept coming out there was enough not only to feed everybody to where uh they had enough to eat like it wasn't just everybody got a bite and it was done It was like everybody had enough to eat where they were full, and then there were still 12 baskets left, and all of that was so amazing, and there were people that were there that have no idea that happened. They just know that they were handed food. Now, word got around, and we obviously know because of the Bible and because it's an amazing thing, but it's so crazy that Jesus has unlimited love for us and has unlimited power, and he does all of these things not to get glory, not to show who he is, but so that other people can see who he is other people can feel who he is other people can feel his glory feel his power he doesn't tell you what to do he shows you how to do it and so that's what he does here there's unlimited food and he uses this little boy who probably was like you know nobody really cares what i think nobody cares what i do i just got my food here and i'm useless and he probably felt that sometimes because a lot of us feel that way sometimes and jesus the king of the world our god walked up to this little boy and said hey you're going to help all of these people now i guarantee that that little boy remembered that for the rest of his life and he probably felt used he felt worthy he felt good and it's amazing because no matter what you think of yourself no matter how limited a way you look at your own life at your own talents at your own gifts at how much you can do at how much you think you can change whatever it is you you do in your life God sees unlimited potential in each of you. He sees you all as a basket of five loaves of bread and two fish where you can reach millions of people just by living for him, just by doing what you can do. This little boy, he gave what he had. He didn't go to the store and bring a bunch of other stuff. He didn't spend money he didn't have. He didn't take from other people. He gave what he had, and God made that enough because whatever you have will be enough because God will multiply it. I have no discernible skills, and yet I'm used every week because God gives me the ability to speak and not to stop speaking for some reason and so I'm able to do that and God works through me and there are probably one or two people that 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 are affected by that hopefully in good ways uh the other adults here they're here not because they're paid because they're not they're here because they care about you because they care about the Lord because they're using what they have to give everything that they have to you guys to Jesus so that that can be multiplied you guys uh we're just You're just kids, you're teens, you're people, you're Christians, but what you have is enough in God. What you have has unlimited potential in God. This miracle is one of the most amazing because it shows that God will provide using limited resources and give you unlimited things. Uh, when I was in Seymour, which is the first place I lived at my home, uh, I was youth pastor at my home church. I was paid half-time for full-time work uh, because they didn't think I was ready to be a youth pastor. Uh, it was a lot of stuff and the g- pastor was basically like, you know, I hope that you will volunteer the rest of your time to work for this half-time salary. So I did it because I was getting started out. I was helping my grandma who had Alzheimer's, all of these things. Uh, but when she passed, it put me in Dire financial straits. Like I had a lot of financial problems. I had to live in a crappy house uh, with shared by a lot of other people, where I had two rooms and they were blocked off. Like it's not like everybody lived in the same room, but I had two rooms, no kitchen. I shared a bathroom with a guy who's creepy and was always like smoking or drinking on the porch and weird. And uh, and and so I lived there with my little dog Stevie. And and it was sad sometimes and it was scary. And there were times where people cut my cable, like literally cut it. Uh, with a, a a knife that lived behind me because they wanted gable. And, and so things like that happen. And I didn't have much money to pay anything. I continued to tithe as well as I could. I continued to to do everything I could to preach, to do everything I could for the teens, for the church. And, and three different times when I thought that I was going to be broke, uh, when I thought that I was going to be homeless, when I thought I was going to be just out, uh, I got checks from different places just completely randomly. I got one from Indiana Westland, which was basically like, hey, uh, we didn't give you enough of the scholarship, and so here's $1,000. And so that was help, that helped me to pay my rent and, and everything else that I had to pay that month. There was another time from Ball State, same deal. And now, I don't know if you're familiar with colleges and how uh, paying for college works yet. In most colleges are not like dying to give you back money. They're like, oh, you paid too much? Well, that's too bad. Like it's ours now, uh, and so they uh, three times that happened from three different places. Each time was a thousand or more, like in that range, and each time it really helped me. This wasn't like, oh man, I have a thousand, I can go and buy the uh, a new PlayStation or I can go and buy whatever. This was like, I have a thousand. I can go buy food now. Like this is something where I can actually have uh, a gas in my car. I can actually keep working. I can keep serving him. And that's something that will always stick with me. Now, a lot of people are like, well, you could have borrowed money. You could have done this. But for me, that's a miracle. That's like the, the feeding of the 5,000. And so for people that were fed on this day, they remembered, wow, Jesus fed me. They don't care uh, uh, what other people think of Jesus. They didn't care what the Pharisees were saying. They are like, Jesus fed me. Uh, Jesus gave me what I needed, and he cared about me. The disciples, the boy, they were like, Jesus used what I had and gave so much to so many people. Um, Last part of the scripture. When the people saw him do the miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Like I said, a lot of people today and throughout time they do things so that they can get the credit, and, and and let me be careful to say here, it's not bad to get credit. Like, if you do something, and, and like, you get an A, and you come home with an A, and your mom's like, that's so good. Uh, let me give you a dollar, because that's an amazing A, and you're like, a dollar? This isn't 1957, mom. Like, I can't do anything with a dollar. She's like, well, then you can just go to your room. You're grounded, whatever, that's not a personal experience. Anyway, uh, and so, but it, it's like, if you go home and you get credit or you, get, uh, you do something nice for somebody and the pastor calls you up and says, hey, this is what Sarah did. Uh, she actually did something nice and didn't just make fun of her pastor. She didn't just uh, say bad things during a game, like things like that. It's like she did something good. It's okay to get that credit because you're not seeking it. You're just doing what you can do and other people will notice that. That's fine. But there are a lot of people who do things only to get credit. Uh, they do things only so people will think that they're cool. They will do things only so that you will think that you're not cool, whatever it is. Uh, But Jesus, he did these amazing things time after time after time. And when he was done, he went away. Like he talked, he preached, he lived, but he did not stand there and say, oh yeah, I'm going to be the king. He stood there and said, okay guys, I have taught you How to fish, now go and fish. I've taught you how to eat, now go and eat. I've taught you how to preach, now go and preach. Because his goal was to help everyone see their own worth, to help everyone see their own unlimited potential. His goal was to show the supernatural power of God in everything that he did, and everything that he said, and everything that he was, and then to pass that along time by time. Uh, In your life, and I've said this before, right now, Uh, You're kind of at this weird stage where people either expect too much or too little from you. They're either like, you're just a kid, Uh, your opinion doesn't matter, just go and play, uh, play tiddlywinks or uh, jacks or marbles or whatever else kids today do, Uh, your little ball on a string like Tim has, and and just play these games, just go shut up, sit down, get out of the way, Uh, let us take care of it, you're just a kid. There are a lot of people that treat you like that. And then sometimes it's the same people, but there are a lot of people who are like, hey, Act your age. Go get a job and and be mature and do this and do that. Uh, And and so you're kind of like, what do I do? Like, I I don't know how to live. Like, should I be mature all the time? Should I play? Should I have fun? Should I work hard? Well, yeah, yes. Yes to all of that. You should do all of those things. But the point is, it's very hard right now to kind of know who you are sometimes because other people will treat you a different way. But when God looks at you, he doesn't say, this is what you should be like. He says, how you are right now. How can you do better? How can you do something for me? How can you use your gifts? How can you use your life to, to, to matter? Because it does not matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. God can use you just like he used the little boy, just like he used the disciples, just like he has used so many Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Moses, everybody throughout the Bible. They are not special. They are just people who were chosen by God. The disciples were considered failures by most people. They were young. Some of them were your age. Uh, But Jesus saw something in them, and he let them do that. On their own, they couldn't have done anything like they did. But with Jesus, with his faith in them and their faith in him, they were able to do amazing miracles. Uh, Me, again, I'm not special. I'm just a guy. I, I have no, like I said, gifts. But I am able to do something through him. If I were in like a business atmosphere and trying to speak to a thousand people, I'd freak out because I'm still a little bit scared of public speaking. But with Jesus, when I'm talking about him, I'm able to do it and and, and live for him. And that's what all of you can do. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender. All that matters is that you serve him and that you know he loves you. So much that if you have faith in him and you have courage for him and and you wait to see where he leads you and wait to see how he guides you, then he will provide you with anything that you need. Just like he provided the food there, like he provided the money for me, like he's provided so much for so many. He will provide you with whatever you need. He will never put you in a situation you cannot do. He will put you somewhere and then he will help you to get through it. So trust him, live for him and do everything you can to be like him. That's all I got.